This episode was previously recorded using our old podcast name. To find out more about why we decided to change our name, listen back to episode 32 entitled, Why We Changed Our Name. Hey everybody, welcome to Kings and Queens, a podcast where we talk about life and ministry in the kingdom of God. My name is Nicole and I'm sitting with my husband Joseph in our home here in Portland, Oregon. We are a family of four who are learning what it means to follow Jesus and host his presence in our home and city. Join us as we discuss what it means to be faithful kings and queens who apprentice under Jesus and work to see the kingdom of God expand to every aspect of our lives. In our second episode, we're going to talk about this past year of transition for our family and share a few thoughts on how we have transitioned in each stage of life. So here we go. Welcome back to Kings and Queens. My name is Joseph. It's great to be with you. want to start off by saying thank you so much for listening. In our first two episodes, I don't know if you knew this, probably not, but we have over a million listens <laughs> and over 100,000 wow. subscribers. Wow. Yeah, it has been astounding, the feedback. It's basically <laughs> the Joe Rogan podcast is always number one. And surprisingly, uh, Kings and Queens coming in number two. So pretty amazing. But seriously, thank you for listening, whether you are in your car, on your way to work or school or doing dishes or whatever. Uh, We know that your time is valuable and we're honored to share a few minutes with you. Yeah. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. In this podcast, Joseph and I sit down in our living room and take a topic, theme or question and explore how it relates to life in the kingdom of God. Yeah, so we did an intro episode. We did episode number one, which was a, a while ago. We have slept. Too long. Too long. I'm life. sorry. Life. Whoops. Yeah, a little too long. Uh, so our apologies. But we're here, episode number two. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about transitions. So we are, as a family, in the midst of a pretty massive life transition. Mm-hmm. Um, but as many of you know, transitions are everywhere in life. They're not just moving to a new city. Maybe you're transitioning to a new job or a new season of relationship or lack of a relationship, a new marriage, new kid, new housing situation, a new city or church or stage of life or whatever. Uh, transitions are everywhere and we know what it's like to be caught off guard with transitions, and we know what it's like to have a bit of time to prepare for transitions. So um, we've been through so many over the last decade together, and we want to talk a bit about some of the lessons that we've learned along the way and offer a little bit of insight into what it looks like to transition well in the kingdom of God. So before we dive into that, Coley, yes. In thinking back over the last 10 years together, seven married, mm-hmm. three just dating, what do you think were some of your biggest life transitions? Wow, that's a lot of transitions have happened in mm. our little Peterson life that we started. But the biggest one for me, for sure, would be motherhood. Mm. Motherhood is for sure the biggest transition. It's the hardest thing I've done. It's the most rewarding thing I've done. 
I'm the worst mom. I'm the best mom. It's, All in one. It's wild. It's a wild time. But um, overall, my theme feeling um, going through these transitions is every transition when you're in them feels like it's the absolute hardest thing to do. And it feels like it's never ending. But yet, before the next one, I feel so much more confident going into it, knowing how I just handled the last transition. So I gain more confidence as they each go along. So with that, having just moved across the country as a huge transition, I then also became a mother. So what was weird in that time... This was 2015. This was 2015 is that that was the biggest chunk of transitions that you can pile in all in one for us. I'm sure people have like a trillion, but we had like four. But it was leaving a job and a community that we built in one state and starting a new life in a new country at a new job with new people, a new system, everything in another country totally is a new city. different. Yes. And then also newly getting pregnant. So transitioning physically, emotionally. Um, yeah. So it, it was a lot of transition in a very small amount of time. Um, but by his grace, made it through. We made it through. <laughs> But coming out of that, because you had so much transition happening in kind of one go, you kind of learned to just adapt to the environment. And we couldn't even really prepare for that transition. That was something we just had to like, we got to do it. We're moving to a new country. There's a lot of things that we're going to miss and we're going to mess up and we're going to fail at. Um, but you taking that all at at once we're able to kind of like learn some some valuable lessons of transitioning both in moving and to an apartment and then a new apartment in like three months mm, yeah and motherhood and like our relationship in this new season and stage of life because my job was different and our relationship was different than it had been um yeah that was definitely that was a lot at once for sure so that was four years ago now, more than four years ago, and we are in the midst currently of one of, if not the biggest transition we've ever had together. Uh, as some of you know, will know our story, but we are in Vancouver, Canada for the last four years, and I was working as a youth pastor. I loved every minute of it, uh, loved what I was able to do, loved the city, and in about a 15-minute meeting, I was fired on the spot, uh, and we were forced to move back here to the States, and that was incredibly hard. It was very unexpected, and for me, at least, it was by far the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through. And since I didn't have another job lined up in ministry, and we felt like we needed and wanted a season to heal from everything that we'd experienced, uh, we decided to move here to Portland, get a normal job and work on things and hopefully transition back into pastoral ministry in the future. Uh, but that transition was not without its heartache and without its uh, 
um, going through all the stages of feeling alone and desperate and angry and bitter and finding a lot of grace and finding forgiveness and healing and rejuvenation and really feel better definitely about where things are at right now. But um, some of the things that we're sharing in this episode are real time in Mm -hmm. our lives. They're not in any way things that we've mastered or things that we consider ourselves pros on. Um, These are just a few things that we're learning right now. So we thought we'd offer up a few insights. So before we get to that though, um, Coley, how has this transition been for you? I shared a little bit about what it's been like for me moving here to Portland, but what's it been like for you? Yeah, it's had, has so many valleys and so many amazing peaks. In the beginning, it felt just pretty hopeless Hmm. that we didn't know anybody and we just felt super anonymous. I say we because I know Joseph feels like that even though I'm talking about my own experience. But it it felt really weird going so cold into a whole new life of a complete restart. So that was really tough. Um, going from feeling really known, I love hosting and having people in our home and then not knowing anybody um, literally like anybody yeah uh, especially you i knew of some people yes you had some connections through bridgetown and um some friends i i didn't really know anybody except for like matthew and simona comer yeah (laughs) but they live a little bit farther so that was really tough um but i I had my same vocation was constant. I was still a stay-at-home mom. I still had two children. I still was planning on being at home with them. So that didn't rock my world. Mm. So that was steady for me. But it, with time, things grew to be amazing for me. And it was a weird part of the transition because I felt like I was loving life and Joseph was not. Hmm. And that was a weird space for me to be in. Was it okay for me to feel good? Was it okay for me to start making friends? Am I supposed to be mourning our loss for longer? It's, there was a lot of questions in my mind, but I just felt complete peace about the things that, I started to get involved in and the friends I began to make. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but because of that building of community, I felt like this transition overall has been amazing for me. Hmm. It has been truly growing. I've grown a lot in my apprenticeship to Jesus personally and how I mother my kids and how I treat their emotions, how I handle my spouse's emotions, my own emotions when before I would just kind of write them off and kind of have everybody suck it up because this is just what's happening and God has a plan. So Hmm. trust, but I've learned so much of just sitting in some of those thoughts and feelings and 
and letting the spirit work in, in those moments. Yeah. So it's been a tough transition for sure for our whole family. But as of today, I can just say it's, it's been one of the best transitions for me. Totally. And I'm definitely not there yet. I'm not at the level you are, but that's okay. And that's okay. But I definitely know that I know that deep down and I may not be experiencing that, but it's coming. It's coming. And the Lord is always good. Mm. He is good. (laughs) Inside joke. Tell you that later. Future episode. So, um, we just have a few thoughts on transitions that we'd like to, to share with you. So, um, a few things here to transition. Well, you need, first of all, time, Yeah. you need time. Uh, it's going to take time to transition well, and it's easy to want things to change super fast and to move to a new place or a new job or have a new kid or just go through a breakup or whatever. And you just want the pain to be over and the chaos to be over. And if you're like me, oftentimes, especially during a bad transition, you just want to skip the heartache and just everything be like it was before. And you just love your new stage of life. Like you liked your old one or whatever. And it's oftentimes a lot slower to feel like this is the new normal. And I'm learning that right now that I definitely feel a lot better about our season of life right now than I did this summer, but I am still learning that like it takes time. Mm. God's timing is not our timing. And yeah, I would say that this summer I definitely felt the pull of who can I talk to to give me the play by play to write me down the list that I can just check off of how to feel better, how to tackle Portland, how to overcome all of these weird feelings that we have. I just wanted this list of, great, okay, one, make friends, do this, do this, do this, do this, check, check, check. And then I would feel the confidence knowing that like this was the right thing rather than this aloof trust and having faith and just waiting in the valley in so many unknowns yeah Yeah. he if really if you reflect and think about the story of god it took years from adam and god to like promise like someone's gonna come and like heal the world and like crush the head of the serpent it was took forever until we got to abraham then it was a new promise and then from abraham to david and then David to the exile and the exile to Jesus and then Jesus to the church. And now we're in this like waiting stage and there's so much waiting and time where you think God would just be like, okay, I'm just going to fix this myself because I keep entrusting mm-hmm. all of this to these people that I love and they keep messing up. So I'm just going to go down there and like fix it myself right now. And Instead, he partners with us in these slow transitions in life. And he's a God of patience. He's mm-hmm. never in a rush. He could transition you to from terrible to amazing all at once. But that's not the sort of God that he is. He's a God of love. And he wants us to learn how to trust him to be, become somebody who knows his heart, knows his goodness, even when it doesn't 
pan out the way that we think. And he wants to partner with us as we become more like Jesus in that. So don't rush in transitions. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the people that are in your life as they learn to adjust. Mm -hmm. Be patient with your environment, whatever that looks like. So first, the transition well, you need time. Secondly, community. You cannot do it alone. Hmm. Our transition from Florida to Canada was easier because we had this automatic community built in. When you have a job already established, especially at a church, you get walked out on stage. You get introduced to the congregation. Everybody knows your face. Yeah, you have your picture thrown up on the screen. People are inviting you to coffee and breakfast and whatever else to get to know you, to find out how'd you hear about us and and all of that. You're plugged in and you almost have your pick of who you want to be, your community. And it's nice. It, it is nice. But Portland has not been that. It's been so much more challenging because we've had to build that community from the ground up. So while that has been so challenging, it has given us so much insight into what every other person who doesn't have a full-time ministry job, what it's like to be in community hmm. of sacrificing a work schedule and weird hours to make it to events or um, whatever else their schedule looks like. It's tough to be in community when it's not your job and yeah. it's super vital for your flourishing but I totally have empathy for people who have a hard time getting in community and, and we when you say hear those stories of people like yeah it's taken me a long time to get into community we were kind of church hopping for a while or we didn't really go to church for a season mm -hmm. I think before I probably would have been like that's on you it's so vital to right. like you need to blah 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 when when we first moved here we wanted nothing more th than to be in community. We mm -hmm. would have jumped right in if we could, and we just couldn't because you can't just like, yeah. again, you can't just expect to transition to this new season and then be like, sweet, everything's the same. I have the same close friends and community and everything's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's never like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have learned in this season of us not having community built in that you do have to work for it and it almost pays out like a hundredfold. Yeah. So for totally. example, when we knew that we were moving to Portland, I started following Bridgetown on their social media and I hadn't done that before. Whoops. But <laughs> I noticed that they were having um, like a book study for women of the emotionally healthy woman is the book. Highly recommend 10 so out good. of 10. 11 out of 10. Buy this book Jerry right now. Amazon.com. <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. Stop listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. Go on Amazon. <laughs> buy it or find someone who will buy it for you. It's wonderful. And it does have a soft spot in my heart because of what it brought me in many ways, hmm. um, but other than the book itself has helped me in my own emotional health and my journey towards that and how I speak to my husband and my children and my family and friends um, and just giving me an awareness of different types of emotions and sitting in quote unquote negative ones 
and not having to be happy and joyful all the time, there's a space for that. And it's, it's seen so much in scripture of Jesus having these heavy emotions. Um, and so I really resonated with that, but almost even more so is I have found this little community that I love so dearly. Mm. And, um, we started out as a group of five women. One of us has moved away. Um, Gina now lives in Texas, but it was a group of five women, one aged in every decade. So that's just crazy. It's still crazy to me. <laughs> I know. I cannot believe that. Me in my twenties, um, Amy in her thirties, Gina in her forties, Lindy in her fifties, and Karen in her sixties. Unbelievable. And this book course through Bridgetown went for six weeks. I think I got ahead of myself, but I signed up for this book study while we were still living in Vancouver, know that knowing that we were moving to Portland. You knew none of those people I at this point. I knew nobody, but I knew that I was going to desperately need community. And it kind of seemed like a gift on a platter of there's an event going on for women two weeks after we move. So I... If you need help with emotional health, like... <laughs> You just got fired from a church. Exactly. What? And in light of what had just happened to us um, in our family's personal journey towards emotional health in ministry and outside of that, it just seemed like this was 100% for me. Like, yeah. And looking back, it was. What a gift. Such a gift. And so that community of those four other women, we kind of hit it off within those six weeks of meeting other people and um it was nerve-wracking at first but you get to the nitty-gritty when you're talking about your emotions and and some of your background so um long story short we still continue to meet and we group text and we um hang out once a month and pray for each other and speak words to each other and over each other and it's been so affirming and so wonderful to be a part of a group of women to teach me so many things because for such a long season I have felt like I have poured in so constantly into the lives of teenagers or other leaders or or being over leading um, in a sense leading a ministry yeah and now that we're not doing that I've had a chance to just wait and glean from the lives and wisdom of so many other women so that has been awesome um but you had to like you had to go for it you had to like i don't i gotta commit to this it's gonna be awkward i don't know anybody but i'm gonna value and prioritize Mm -hmm. what i need more than like what i want in the moment totally and that was like it's obviously scary Mm mm-hmm you know, super scary going into a situation. I mean, frankly, I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a bunch of hipster models in a book club that love Jesus, which is sweet, but a little intimidating for me and my personality. And I was so happy to see Karen because I was praying in my way on my way there. It's like, I just want somebody older than me. Just Mm. like, definitely older somebody that I can just sit there and listen and I don't have to like spill my guts like I'm done spilling my guts 
And then I saw Karen. She's in her 60s. She's gorgeous, but she's clearly older than me. And I sat down in her group and she shares a similar story with church Hmm. leadership and having to leave a church. And that was our interaction in our first two minutes of meeting each other. Um, So that was just like so ordained, I feel like. But other than that, like community is something that people are desperate for, especially moms. I mean, I'm sure that's everybody, but moms are in this new transition stage of many of us staying at home. I mean, at least for six weeks to a year, depending on maternity leave. And then if you decide to stay home, that's just like a whole new life of being isolated and feeling like instant loneliness for sure. Yeah. Your only community is like, your family and your kid who depending on their age it doesn't even do anything or is the worst (laughs) so through all of that I decided to join some Facebook groups I joined some Portland moms groups some stay-at-home moms groups there was even a group of Portland moms of babies born in 2016 like that specific that is crazy and they've been a great resource to me there's even an app out there called Peanut, which is literally Tinder for moms. It's crazy. You build a profile and you swipe up or down if like you want to match a mom for like a play date. It's wild, but I've like texted some moms there. There's some people who have asked about church. Like, And that it's just wild. goes to show you how, I mean, Portland is like this naturally, but how much people desire community mm-hmm. because they're in transitions in life and they're not just moms, but moms especially, like looking for help and looking for play dates and what did you do? And I need somebody to talk to and I don't know how to handle this situation. And community is like so vital for that. Yeah, my biggest advice for starting community or I guess the thing that I've learned the most would be go raw, be vulnerable as much as you can like from the beginning, there's mm. always that tension of, I don't want to say too much or overshare. People think I'm crazy, but that's what draws in your deep friends right away, which gives you that full, lovely sense of community. And as well, like it's so nice to ask people questions. Like don't think that you know everything or try to play it yeah. cool of like, oh, I Googled some stuff, so I know Portland or I know this city. Like, Mm. I'll be fine. Like, ask people, where do you get your hair cut? Where do you grocery shop? Where's the best? Whatever. And if anything, the next time you see that person, you have one thing to talk about because they gave you a recommendation or whatever. Like, another girl that I met at that book study, she had a similar texture hair to me, which is rare, so... It's like, I'm a little nervous because she looks real cool, but I'm going to do it. Going to go talk to her about hair. (laughs) So I just like, hi, I'm new here. You literally have no idea who I am, but our hair is really similar. Who cuts it? (laughs) Because I need to find that out. And that just launched into like another girl coming in and we talked about our culture and hair products and all of these things. And I ended up getting a great haircut from this amazing hairstylist, but Now when I see her, that's something that we can talk about and we can exchange numbers and go deeper. And it's all from a simple move literally across the room to ask a very simple question. And it seems really scary, but it helps you build that community and it sets you up slowly at a time. And maybe there won't be an event for you right away in that transition 
Um, but yeah, those, those small questions, those asking people, joining Facebook groups, sending the DM of Instagram, even though you think they're going to th- think you're crazy, do it. That's how like I've totally. gained so many friends and follow. And that's and- also been our story with uh, our Bridgetown community. We didn't have a community and then now we're leading one here in Northeast and that has become our family. And we've had mm-hmm. nights where we've cried in front of them and where they have just like had prophetic words for us and words of knowledge and prayed for us and are constantly checking in. And that was super awkward to start because mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> we're going in straight. Everyone is going cold into these relationships. Everybody shows up one night and it's like, I don't know anything about you. I don't even remember your name, but welcome to our home. Mm-hmm. And now it's at a point where we just had two of them over for Christmas yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they're like our go-to for babysitters. And anytime I need something, I know I can text these guys in our community, but it's never easy to put yourself out there and to start and to dive in. But if you are going to transition well in a way that's healthy and that's going to lead to like long-term flourishing community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So first, uh, to transition well, you need time. Secondly, community. Uh, third thing you need to transition well, you need to know that death comes before resurrection. Now, Coley made fun of me because she's like, you can't not preach or be a pastor. But this is how I feel, so I'm sharing it. But every time there's a transition, whether it's a good one or a bad one, whether it's expected or unexpected, we, and I'm talking to myself here, but we have to let certain things die. And transition typically means that our old way of doing life or our salary or our bank account or relationships are just going to be different. They may not necessarily be better or worse, but it's always going to be different. And some of those things, of course, can continue. And you may be excited about a new job or a new stage of life or a kid on the way or whatever. Um, But other times, it's a really hard thing to learn to let things die. And that's okay that it's challenging. Coley shared a little bit about this season for her. But for me, this season has... This has been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn in this season of transition for me because it's not only a new city, but now I'm working a new job that is not as a pastor and it's a new stage of life and it's really been hard for me to learn to let certain things die. Um, Ministries that I was a part of in relationships that I had in financial security and comfort and a way of doing life and being in a job in a place that I love and I feel called to and I was really good at and I had tons of support and affirmation and community and whatever. All of those things I just have had to learn to let die and that's been super hard for me. Um, And death is always hard and death of relationships and like I said security and transitions and comfort and all that but in the kingdom of God death always leads to resurrection Mm. so in our season of thank you in our season of transition right now 
We're learning to trust Jesus and learning to wait on his timing and his purpose and his vision of our lives and not trying to just fix everything right away and jump ahead of Jesus and what he's doing in our life and just quote unquote get to the good stuff, but rather see the good stuff in what we've had to let die and in the valley and in the loneliness and in feeling like God's not with us learning to be okay in that stage and just like sit in it and let it cut you and let it build you and learn to wait on him to continue this work of resurrection in our life because this won't always be our season and our stage and I won't always feel these things but I do right now and it's okay to to feel them and to just learn how to let things die. Hmm. And that's been a really hard lesson for me to, to learn. I'm still learning. Um, but it's one that I would encourage you to continue to press into that there are going to be deaths along the way, little deaths and and big ones. And to just learn that there's always going to be a resurrection and, Of course, the disciples, when Jesus died, wanted it to happen right away, and Mm -hmm. it took three days. And then when Jesus ascended to the Father, everyone was like, okay, when's he sending the Spirit? Like, what's going on? And it took 40 days after that. And so there's there's always time that we have to wait in the in-between, and that's who God is. He's just a God of of patience and the in-between and resurrection. So... To transition well, you need time, community, know that death comes before resurrection, and lastly, stillness. And typically, times of transition are chaotic seasons of life, and in those seasons, it becomes really hard to slow down and to hear from the Spirit. And you get caught up in working to fix things and arrange things and make everything smooth and easy and like I said like it was and it's really easy to lose the heart of the father for whatever he's allowing into your life and this summer especially was hard for me because I I was working at the mall I was working at Casper and I hated it and I hated my job and I hated not seeing Nicole and the kids and I was like not making any money and I was just selling mattresses which I did not feel a deep vocational calling (sighs) to do. Um, And I was focusing all of my time and energy on like fixing this situation and raising more money for us support or looking for a new job or distracting myself when I wasn't at work. And I lost all sense of the father's voice in my life. And part of that was everything that was going on emotionally in my heart. But part of it was I just didn't want to slow down. I didn't want to be still. I didn't want to like sit in what I was feeling. I just wanted to mask it up with like busyness and Netflix and Mm -hmm. looking for a new job. And it really wasn't until I slowed down Mm -hmm. and I was learned to be silent and still before the Lord that I began to remember what I was trying to do in 2019 which we'll talk about in a later episode, but I really wanted 2019 was like the year of his voice for me. I wanted to know his voice. I wanted to like be in his presence all the time. And in the transition, I had totally lost a sense of that. So um, 
when you are learn to be still in transition is when you can hear the father's voice and when you uh, learn to be at peace in the transition and just receive what the father has for you in that season and Mm -hmm. stage of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think for me, I have very similar feelings on that of it's so easy to just assume the roles that just need to be done. Like the world can't stop for my feelings. Kids Mm. still need to be fed and we still need to live in clean quarters and food needs to be made for dinner and whatever. So it's easy to mask. Like I never thought I was very busy or a rushed person, but I mask a lot of my emotion and what potentially the Lord is trying to teach me by just doing the mundane tasks. Um, and usually not very joyfully because of that. And I remember just getting into more of the practices as we go through as a community at Bridgetown. And I was always super nervous about silence and solitude And one, because I've always thought it needs to be like this whole thing, a big retreat. I need to go away and spend money and and it has to be kind of this production. And yeah, maybe once or twice a year that that should happen for sure. But when starting out, I thought that was like the ultimate, like in order to be still, that's what it looked like. And for me, that was causing me more anxiety as a mom of two small children. How am I going to find so much stillness with Joseph in this mattress job that has a weird schedule and his retail hours. Sorry, Lord, I can't be still. I got to keep going. Mm. And truthfully, I think I was really nervous to be still because I didn't want him to speak to me and say something that was going to make us hate our life more. Mm. As if I thought that if I got silent and I actually heard from God and he gave me this word or picture of what our life should be and it meant doing another hard thing, I didn't want it. Mm. I would, I would rather say, no, I don't want to be still and silent because I don't want you to tell me something like that. If you don't hear, you don't have to obey. Yeah, exactly. So for a long time, I kind of just put that off because enough was enough. I'm good. Let's just like give me a breather Um, so I, I wasn't practicing anything like that. And again, through that little community of those women, of just hearing some of their stories and how they practice the presence of Jesus really encouraged me to find small moments in my day. So now I commit to whenever I drive by myself, whether that's the grocery store or running errands, I always have the music off so I can have that moment of my day be totally still and thinking about whatever comes to my mind and letting it come there. And sometimes it's reflecting on a terrible part of the day or sometimes the Lord brings some joy of what happened with my children or with Joseph or gratitude or anger even. And And being okay with those emotions like coming to the surface and just like, kind of emotionally naked before the Lord and just like, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm angry. And I remember this summer, Dave Lomas 
came and preached at Bridgetown. And one of the things he said that was really striking to me was learning to forgive God. And I was like, forgive God? Like, what? he's never done anything wrong. Like, why would I forgive him? And he was talking about how we have these expectations of God and he doesn't meet them. And we have to be okay with him not meeting our expectations and learning to be honest about, like, I'm frustrated or I'm mad at you because you told me X, Y, and Z and I don't see it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you lied to me or I'm angry that this isn't happening the way I thought it was. And it's dangerous to be still because you can't in the quiet of your own heart, you can't hide from right. the father. Like you're just grasp. It's Genesis three all over again. Mm-hmm. Like you're just grabbing for fig leaves mm-hmm. and he's coming to you and being like, where are you mm-hmm. in the cool of the day? Like ready to meet with you as his kid that he loves. And you're, hiding from him in the corner knowing that like if he knows what we did Mm -hmm. he's gonna kill us Mm. and he's gonna get mad at me and i mean that's the that's the oldest story that we have is is us wanting to not be honest with god about what's going on in our lives and Mm. it's an easy temptation especially in transitions i think you're totally right yeah, so transitions are, they're different for everyone and each stage is different. And as Coley said, it's really helpful to have people that you can talk about what you're going through um, and to be honest about what you're doing and how you're feeling and how things are going in your transition. And as we're learning in this stage, ideally uh, a therapist or a counselor or a spiritual director someone that you trust, especially if um, you're coming off a really raw season with pastors or ministry, um, whether that's a friend or a mentor or just find a space to be honest. Yeah, I think, um, so when we talk about stillness, I I had a word from a friend from that group that... I was just sharing that night about how we wanted to just change kind of what was happening. Our situation, the job, we weren't seeing each other or the kids, just things just kept feeling like they were stacked against us. And we wanted to work to see this community come, to be in ministry or whatever we were striving for. And she just gave me John 15 and just had the word abide for me. And that Mm. I didn't have to keep working to be known, that I didn't have to keep working to change our life and our station and to be happy, that I could just abide and I could just be with Jesus. And that was all he needed for me Mm. for this season. And sometimes it feels like you have to work in order to show God that you trust him but sometimes you just have to sit and be still and that shows even more that you trust him. Hmm. And if you're in a season that you're just working to try to change stuff to make life better or even working so hard to make God happy with you, I would just have the word for you of abide. Just be, rest in who Jesus is and what he's done for you and just let him cover you. 
Hmm. And it's hard to do sometimes because we're not conditioned to slow down. And it's been really beneficial that I don't have to prove anything to Jesus. He's already covered me. So just abide. Just abide. And as cliche as it sounds, it's true, but God is with you in each transition. And he knows you, and he knows what you're going through, and he's aware of it. It occupies his thoughts and his attitudes, and he loves you, and he's here for you. And as we're learning, transitions are opportunities to abide, and they're opportunities to learn how to receive the Father's love and be content with who you are and what's happening to you and to learn uh, what that looks like in everybody's life. Yeah, so thank you so much for spending time listening to us. If you've made it this far, whoa. Wow, Amazing. It's been a long talk, but we're grateful for you sticking around. We love you guys. We're so thankful for your support. And feel free to send us a question or any sort of topic that you want us to talk about on the show. We'd love to hear from you and it would help us create some content too. But Mm -hmm. for those of you who aren't Patreon supporters but would like to find out more info on supporting us and what we're doing, feel free to visit our website at www.thepetersons.cc. And thanks so much. We'll see you guys in the new year.